What's up, Let's world? Go. What do you do when <laughs> devastation invades? If you know the truth, it'll make you free. How do you move on? And whom the sun sets free, day, your life is free indeed. 24 hours, everything has drastically changed. As difficult as it may be, we must if evaluate like what is lost and what is lost. Trapped in the bondage of what you used to Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's Pastor Free, and listen, I'm mega excited that you're locked in to another Free Indeed Friday. Please be sure to share with your friends and your family. Get them logged onto the podcast, and all y'all gonna fool around and get a blessing. Listen, there's a word designed for you that very well might set you free. It's time to get your gig along. This one is called Show and Tell. A kindergarten teacher gave her class a show and tell assignment of bringing something to represent their religion. The first boy got in front of the class and said, my name is Benjamin and I am Jewish and this is the Star of David. The second boy got in front of the class and said, my name is Mary, I am Catholic and this is the crucifix third boy got in front of the class and said, my name is Tommy and I'm Baptist and this is a casserole. <laughs> On Free Indeed Fridays, I try to expose you to some dope music that maybe you've never heard before. In the words of Eric Bellinger, this gonna be your favorite song. <laughs> You don't want no problem with the one who can solve them. Take closed doors and revolve them. Everything we do should involve them. Give glory to the king because he's awesome. Great. Forgive us when we make mistakes. Deliver when we cannot break. Strongholds on long roads of disaster. When we gonna realize that he's mad. Government in debt, don't hope in the president. There's a greater help. Diseases with no cure. Can I help you to endure? There's nothing too hard for God. He can solve it all. Great expectations. No. 
somebody greater than my God. I wrote it so you can download it onto your iPod. My God, I don't understand why they don't get it. It's just something about the name Jesus, but you won't admit it. It's power in the name of the one who wasn't famous. He ain't just hang. He was hanging with the gangsters. Cross written, frost bitten from the cold hearts. He made a new me and recycled all the old parts. Every saint has a past, a web of sinner. Has a future in the kingdom of God to be a winner. He is far from a novice, long gone from a beginner. He is G-R-E-A-T-E-R, the anything I remember. Check it. Those were my sisters local to the greater Austin area, and I'm so very proud of them. That song featured a local Austin holy hip-hop legend himself, Blue. If you're interested in hearing more of their music, they got a mixtape out called Giving God the Business that I was blessed to be able to produce and write for. Just hit me up, and I'll put you in contact with how to get more of their music. This right here is just something I call free on Facebook. Humor me for a minute. All right, check it. First of all, I want to wish each and every one of you a happy new year. Happy new happy year. Personally, I'm returning to my dreams in 2019, and I hope you can say the same. I need you to bear with me this week. I'm a little congested. My voice is a little <laughs> icky, but we're going to get through this thing, all right? Cool. So with this being a new year, I want to reflect on one of my Facebook posts from December uh, the 8th, I guess, of 2017 about... Uh, well, let me read it. People do whatever they want to do. You will go crazy trying to make people do right. Just keep it moving and live. Hashtag stress-free. Hashtag if God can't change them, I sure can't. Hashtag go with the goers. I'm going to read that one more time. It was short enough to read again. People do whatever they want to do. Facts. You will go crazy trying to make people do right. Just keep it moving and live. So I remember exactly where I was emotionally and mentally when I was drafting this post, uh, just kind of in a terrible headspace, if you will, or coming out of a bad headspace. As a young pastor, I kind of have this cycle. Unfortunately, the end of the year is usually a rough time for me. Uh, and around the holidays, I tend to kind of reset and gain some clarity. But uh, end of the summer to like Thanksgiving time can just be very difficult. You start reflecting on the progress made and start reflecting on the things that you did not accomplish that you set out to accomplish that year. The weight of family and ministry and community involvement and personal commitments, all those things start to kind of weigh in on you. But one of the things that I clearly remember was kind of reflecting on individuals that I had been blessed to lead as a shepherd and people that I'm working with in ministry and how I want so much more for them than it seems like they want for themselves. Yes, and kind of struggling over people that you thought were on your side start to become your biggest opposition and you get so frustrated My and Lord. so bogged down wanting to see God's best be established through his people but feeling like people don't want God's best for themselves they're kind of looking at the glass as half empty and what we can't do and what we don't have the resources to do and maybe we're trying to do too much too soon and it starts to kind of pour 
cold water on your dreams. And that's where I was. I started really thinking about the fact that I'm trying so hard to inspire and encourage people to live the abundant life. And it seems like people kind of just want to do whatever it is that they want to do. And no matter how do, hard you try do. to encourage and how hard you try to be there for people, some people just kind of make you feel like it's all, all for, for nothing. nothing. And that's the place I was in emotionally. I don't know who listening to this podcast today has experienced some similar frustration. Maybe a parent trying to pour into your children, wanting to see them be the best that they can be, but they won't clean their room. They won't apply themselves in school. They're trying to hang out with those kids who are getting in trouble in the neighborhood. And you're wondering, why Why is it it that that you don't want want more for yourself? yourself? And at the end of the day, you end up banging your head against the brick wall and you get tired of rehearsing the same things over and over and over again. Maybe this is the frustration of some leader out there that's trying to lead an organization. You're casting vision and you think that you've got the buy-in and the support of your followers only to discover that they're engaging in behavior that's not only going to destroy the overall work of the organization, but it's causing them personal self-destruction. And it's like you get so bogged down, so frustrated, so overwhelmed, so hurt because you're wanting to see the best for people, but it seems as though they don't see the best for themselves. If you're not careful, you'll even find yourself becoming physically sick or dealing with emotional depression, starting to devalue or question your own gifts, talents, and abilities. So it was in that moment that I believe the Holy Spirit almost choked me and said, Deshaun Freeman, you will lose your mind if you think that you're going to be able to get people to stop doing what they want to do in order to appease you or make you happy. At the end of the day, all of us as human beings are naturally selfish. We do those things that bring us the most amount of joy or make us happy or at least keep us comfortable. So it's highly unlikely that we can assume people are going to do that thing that may be counter what they want so that someone else can have peace or someone else can feel accomplished or someone else can have joy. It just doesn't work that way. So with that revelation, I came to this conclusion. I'm repossessing my life. That's the title of this segment today. I'm repossessing my life. Go ahead and say it where you are. I'm repossessing my life. I'm no longer allowing the actions or lack of actions of other people to rob me of the value of who I am. I will no longer allow my joy, my barometer of success, the peace that I have in my heart to be predicated or dependent upon how people behave, how they treat me, whether or not they choose to follow or the behavior that they engage themselves in. I'm repossessing my life. I won't allow how people devalue me, disrespect me, disregard me, talk about me behind my back, or anything else cause me to lose sleep at night because I've got a life to live. In that post, I was coming into this reality that I don't have the ability nor the strength to manage how people act in the world. And I cannot afford to allow their behavior to stop me from living. I've got a family to care for. I've got a wife to love. I've got sons to raise. I've got a ministry to lead. I've got works to produce. And the reality is whatever God has invested in me may not be as important to somebody else. And you've got to get that in your spirit. That whatever God has shown you, whatever God has spoken to you, it may not be as important to the people that are around you. 
So you cannot afford to allow their behavior, their buy-in, their opposition, their criticisms to stop you from living the life that God has given you. Listen, let me break this down for you just a little bit more and then we'll keep it moving. The first principle concerning repossessing your life that I want to share with you is this. Time is too temporary. I need us to understand that each and every one of us is on a ticking clock. We don't know how much time we have been allotted in this particular life to live. There are short graves as well as long graves. We all have a birth date and we'll all have a death date. And because I don't know when my dying day is, I can't afford to waste a moment, a minute, or a millennium. God is giving me the opportunity to be steward over each and every second that I draw breath. And so I've got to live on purpose, live with tenacity, live intentionally, and not allow people to distract me from my purpose for living. I don't know when don't my know. last moment will be. I don't know when I'll have know. the last opportunity to serve. I don't know when the last know. sermon I preach will occur. And so I've got to give it my best at every opportunity. I cannot afford to be on the sidelines of life with my head in my hands, crying and whining and complaining about what people won't do and how people don't value and what people don't see and why are people still doing this, that, and the other. No, I can't control them. But what I can do is be the best me that I can be each and every moment of the day because time is too temporary. I'm calling this segment, I'm repossessing my life. And many of you may have some familiarity with the repo man. Don't act The repo any. man is the guy who comes along to repossess uh, an automobile, if you will, because a person has defaulted on the payment. The repo man is a reminder that the car does not yet belong to you. If you make your payments, you'll continue to have the automobile. And when it's paid off, then it's yours outright. But if you fail to do your part, the repo man comes along and reclaims or takes back what was never yours in the first place because you have failed to steward it properly. Well, I'm suggesting that perhaps more times than not, we should start functioning like repo men. Let's see. We allow people to have access into our lives, access into our dreams, buy in into our visions, but they have an obligation to steward it well. And if not, if you have allowed people front row seats in the stage plays of your life, oh if you have given people intimate access into the vision, the dream, uh, the mission that God has placed over your life, and they are not being good stewards, then you should do some repossessing. Go and take back your time. Take back your energy. Take back that intimate access, because here's the second thing. Some people don't want anymore or any better. I'm learning this the hard way because just because I want more for people doesn't mean that they want more for themselves. Nope. And when I get the idea, the inkling that someone doesn't want more and they cannot be inspired to greater, why would I waste my energy or my time trying to get them to get what they don't want to have? That's oh my question. God, I feel like I'm helping somebody because too many times we've got people in our lives that we're 
exhausting our energy, exhausting our influence, sometimes even exhausting our resources on people who don't want any more than what they already have. And when they don't want more than what they have, anything you give them will be spoiled. Ooh. It will go to waste because they had my, no my, vision, my. no foresight for anything more than what they already had in their possession. I heard the Spirit say, and I pray this will give you some clarity and some liberty. Exhausting energy on people who don't want to move is dragging dead weight. Preach I'll say it one more time. Exhausting energy on people who don't want to move is dragging dead weight. The question that stares us all in the face today is in our intimate relationships, whether they are brother, sister, marital relationships, relationships between leader and organization, friendships, whatever it is, how much dead weight are you dragging? How many people are you exhausting your energy on trying to make them want to move when they don't want to move? How much more could you be doing in your own personal life if you were not having to exhaust the energy on those who simply don't want anything better for themselves? I'm not going to stay there all day. Let's keep it moving. The third thing is this. People's perspective and play will paralyze you. People's perspective and play will paralyze you. That's if you let it. I'm learning that when you allow other people's uh, pessimistic reality, when you allow people who are led by the flesh and figures instead of by faith to speak too much into your heart and too much into your dreams, that what will happen is they may cause you to become stagnant. They may cause you to become stuck because they can't see it, then they won't allow you to go after it. Help me, Holy Ghost. Listen, friend, I have learned you've got to be careful with surrounding yourself around people who don't have faith, who don't see or hear the voice of God. Because what they will do, because they are limited in their faithlessness, is they will try to restrict your faith. Oftentimes, whatever God is telling us to do doesn't make sense. Wherever he's telling us to go, it doesn't make sense. He says that my ways are not, not your, your ways. ways. My thoughts are not your, not thoughts. your thoughts. And so usually whatever God is saying is not going to make sense to the people around you. It's not going to make sense to the people who keep your books. It's not going to make sense faith. even to the people that lay next to you in bed at night. And so you've got to have faith enough to say, I'm believing God even when it doesn't make sense. So that when I hear the perspective of my partners who tell me they don't think I should because it doesn't make sense. I can't allow that to paralyze me, to keep me from chasing after God. And then not only is it the practicality of people, but sometimes it's the playfulness of people. Some people are so busy having a good time Just in life playing. that they can't go after the things of Shucking God. So busy shopping and sexing, so busy trying to hook up with people and drinking and just having a funky good time, if you will, that they're missing out on the fact that they're stuck. It's a sad reality when a human being looks up and they're in the same place they were in 10 years ago. My the same Lord. place emotionally, the same place financially, the same place in their career, the same place in their marriage. Because if we're people of faith, we ought to be progressing. We ought to be moving forward. But the sad reality is that sometimes people are stuck. They're stagnant. They're playing. They're trying to be too practical and they cannot move forward because they are paralyzed. If I allow people who 
that is their reality to hold me back and to keep me stuck, then shame on me. If I understand there are some people who don't want more, all they desire is comfortability, and I allow them to impose that on my life so that I stay stuck, shame on me. I need to be hustling. I need to be grinding. I need to be living. I need to be growing. I need to be chasing and pursuing and developing and overcoming. And I cannot allow the people around me to paralyze me and keep me from doing those things. Last thing, and then we'll move on. If we give people that kind of power over us, they will use it and abuse it. Oh, my God. Listen, if you don't get anything else, I need you to grasp this last principle. If you allow people and their behavior and their commentary and their opposition to have that level of control over you to where you stop living, you get so angry, so frustrated that you stop producing and you stop pursuing and you stop chasing. You need to understand those people will take full advantage of it. They will use it and they will abuse it. It's just human nature that if you're going to give me the authority, I'm going to use it. It's like those toy cops, security guards, if you will, that they're not real police officers, but they got a little badge that say top flight security of the world or whatever. You give some people that type of authority and you would think they were FBI agents overnight because sometimes people just can't handle that level of authority. And you need to give those who have influence in your life careful consideration because if you give that level of influence to people who are immature what they will do is they'll use it to keep you back they'll use it to hold you down all of us have those people in our lives who like to highlight our failures who like to minimize our successes because what we're doing makes them insecure concerning what they're not doing I want you to hear me real good. You've got to be very careful about those people and the uh, amount of influence, the amount of authority, the amount of ability to speak into your life that you give them. Because if you give it to them, they'll abuse it. If you give them an inch, they will take a mile. So you've got to learn how to repossess your life from naysayers. Repossess your life from those who desire to be mediocre. Repossess your life from those who are bothered by your brilliance and bothered by your success because if not they will keep you stuck they will keep you stagnant because they are afraid of what life in the deep end looks like help me holy ghost i'm trying to speak into somebody's heart today no longer allow the contrary nature of people to stop you from living don't allow the opposition of haters to stop you from living don't allow even the faithlessness of your followers to stop you from living. At the end of the day, you've got a God to serve, a Father to glorify, and He's looking for fruit in your life. So I want you to say it until you believe it. I am repossessing my life. Let me ratchetize it for you. I said I'm living my best life. I'm my <laughs> and I ain't going back and forth with you. So whoever it is, husbands, wives, children, siblings, deacons, community leaders. Listen, stop wasting so much energy trying to dictate how they navigate and do what God has called you to do and live.
Your boy don't just preach. He's sick with the pen. Give him a mic and he'll go in. So I'm about to give you some of this free time music. But in the words of Erica Badu, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff. <laughs> Come on, won't you follow me? I want to encourage you to enjoy life. I know this may seem strange coming from a pastor, but that's only because most Christians assume the Christian life has to be dull and boring. 
As a matter of fact, many of you listening right now don't want to give your life to the Lord because you think it means giving up all of your joy. Most people see Christianity as a religion of rules and regulations. However, I believe a life that is Christ-centered is a life of freedom and fulfillment. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the B clause, Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. This statement is not just about eternal life, but it's about the quality of life here on earth. Perhaps the biggest perk of being believers is the peace of God and the joy that only he can give. Therefore, my faith walk is not about restrictions and limits, but rather about liberties and a more complete life. Honestly, there are some things that tradition has demonized. This was the reality of the early church also. But in Acts chapter 10, God appealed to Peter in a vision. It was a sheet of animals, reptiles, and birds. He told Peter to rise, kill, and eat. Peter's pious response was that he would never partake of what was unclean. And God's response was that Peter had no right to declare unclean what he had made clean. Yet, this vision was not about food. As a matter of fact, Peter never even eats. The vision was to explain the redemptive grace of God. How in Christ Jesus, the traditional limits and religious regulations no longer restrain us. Therefore, in Christ, Life does not have to be dark suits, slow, solemn songs, and seriousness all the time. In Christ, we are free to enjoy life as long as we honor him. At all times, we must acknowledge his word to avoid sin. And with this in mind, it's okay to go out on a date. It's okay to take in a comedy show with friends. It's okay to listen to some jazz while you're cleaning the house. It's okay to take the family on a vacation to the beach. A game of dominoes or spades with friends won't send you to hell. And yes, even an occasional glass of wine will not cause you to lose your salvation. God wants us to smile. He wants us to have joy. He desires for us to be happy in him. So again, I encourage you, live according to his will for your life. Live in accordance to his holy scriptures. Live putting him first, but be sure that you do live. Enjoy life. So listen, if you're being blessed by the ministry in any way, won't you go ahead and pass that blessing along. Invite your friends, your family, even your enemies to follow Free Indeed Fridays on podcasts and to follow us on all social media outlets. This is a way for you to be a part of something big. Listen, friends, if you've been blessed by this podcast, you need to make your way over to our website, www.free, the letter N, deedministries.com. On our site, you can find everything from movies to live recordings and studio records. Uh, also, my first book, God Wants Me. You can follow us on all social media outlets. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at free, the letter N, deed, M-I-N. Please believe we got some amazing things in store and you don't want to miss one moment of it. So go ahead and follow us. Like do it like right now. Like go check it out. Like 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 right now. Right now.